The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God this morning is found in Isaiah chapter 40. And i got to tell you, this is one of the most programmatic, one of the most important verses and, and sections in the entire Bible. And I want to take you through that here this morning. Here's what Isaiah wrote to the exiles, the people living in darkness. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received double from the Lord's hand for all her sins, a voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, every valley shall be raised up, Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged place is a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of the Lord. The voice that speaks to Isaiah here is clear. He says... With tremendous clarity, Isaiah, this is what I want you to say. Comfort, he says. And not just once does he say it. Twice. Comfort. Comfort, my people, says your God. Double the intensity. Double the emotion. (laughs) Double the clarity, you might say. Isaiah, this is what I want you to do, the voice says. The voice says, I want you to speak to the people like a man speaks 
to a woman romantically. Speak like that, Isaiah. Isaiah, speak to her like this. I love you, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you're beautiful to me. Jerusalem, I'm not angry with you. Jerusalem, I'm not going to bring judgment down on you. Jerusalem, another will pay double for all the sins that you have committed against me. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I want to be in relationship with you. Isaiah, tell them that. You see, the voice was clear, wasn't he? Comfort, comfort my people. And that's why when we get to verse 6, the question that Isaiah has for the voice is startling. You might say it's, it's, it's shocking. Because of all the clarity that had come before. The voice says to Isaiah in verse 6, cry out, and Isaiah says, well, what shall I cry? And, and if we're not careful, we might think, well, Isaiah, did you just have a senior moment? You know, the senior moments where you're kind of like, I forgot what I just heard. Or, or maybe, maybe this is like one of those student moments where, you know, you're on Zoom and the teacher, you know the teacher just called out your name, but you're not exactly sure about the question the teacher just asked you. Or maybe this is one of those moments that spouses have. You know the moments where I'm talking about where, the, where this one spouse is telling everything that happened during the day. And the other spouse is looking her dead in the space, you know. And then the wife says, what did I just say to you? And the husband says, I'm not really sure. It seems like Isaiah's having one of those kind of days, doesn't it? Because the voice has said, comfort, comfort my people. That's what I want you to preach, Isaiah. And then I, the voice says, cry out, Isaiah. And Isaiah says, well, what's, what am I supposed to say? But I've got to tell you, Isaiah's not forgetful here. We know that because Isaiah, at one point, he wrote down word for word in this chapter from Isaiah chapter 40 exactly what he was supposed to cry. You see, there's something darker going on here than forgetfulness. There's, there's an absolute kind of despair that... Isaiah has fallen into. See, he's, he's, he's in kind of this despairing preacher's funk. I don't know if you know this about preachers, but sometimes they fall into a funk. See? And they say to themselves, and Isaiah must have been saying to himself, God, I know what you want me to say. God, I know that you want me to preach comfort to the people, but God, is it going to do any good? Is it going to do anything at all? God, why would I preach your love for the people when they don't love you? God, why would I preach your faithfulness when they aren't faithful to you? God, God, why would I talk about your coming when they don't come to you? You see, 
Isaiah's not wondering, well, what am I supposed to say? He's wondering if anything that he says at all is actually going to matter. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of this song by the Beatles. How many of you have heard the Beatles? I'm going to, you can date, I'm going to date myself a little bit. But the Beatles wrote a song called Eleanor Rigby. And it's just a despairing song. All the lonely people. Have you heard this song before? And one of the verses is, is about this, this Father Mackenzie. And Father Mackenzie goes like this. The Beatles sing about Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one can comes near. Look at him working. You know this song? Darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care? All the lonely people. There's despair in that, isn't it? Working on a sermon that nobody's going to hear. Isaiah, Isaiah feels that despair. He knows what he's supposed to say, but he's wondering, is it going to matter at all? What shall I cry? And then Isaiah, like he's building on that despair, see, and, and, and he, he goes on to explain his despair. He says, God, look at 6b. All people are like grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. I mean, six times. <laughs> six times. I mean, this is like a, this is like a game of duck, duck, gray deuce gone, gone, gone wrong. He's like grass and flowers and grass, and flowers, and grass, grass, and more flowers. Six times, he says, these people, God, are just like the grass and the flowers of the field. You know, that, that flower that springs up in the spring, and it's so beautiful. But it only lasts a couple of days, Lord. And then the wind blows on it, and it dies. Why should I preach, God? Why should I preach when, when all that's going to happen is it'll just spring up for a moment and then the people are just going to stop caring? Reminds me a little bit of like a, your uncle, your crazy uncle. And you know the uncle that I'm talking about. He's the uncle that shows up at a wedding and he's had a little bit too much to drink and he's three times divorced. And he sees the bride walking down the aisle and he, he, he sort of nuzzles up to your ear and he says, This ain't gonna last. <laughs> I give it three years max. And you're like, uncle, come on! Just, just at least give him a chance. Look at, look at the beautiful smile of the bride and, and Isaiah. You know, he's like that, see. 
God, it'll just be for a moment. They'll spring up, but they're like grass. They're like flowers. This ain't going to last, God. And the Lord, in a sense, He agrees with Isaiah. He says to surely the people are grass. But the word of the Lord endures forever. You know, one scholar once wrote about the Bible that the Bible is like reading somebody else's mail. Much of reading the Bible is like that, isn't it? Where you sort of overhear these conversations. And that's what we have here. Like, we're overhearing this conversation between between a God who is joyful. God is joyful here. He, he wants to share this great message, but he's, this joyful God is having this conversation with this despairing preacher. God, what can I say? It ain't going to last. My wife and I often, we, we employ the same tactic sometimes at home. Don't tell my kids this. You know, t- don't listen, girls, for just a second. But we employ this tactic of an overheard conversation where we'll be, we'll be sitting at the dinner table and we'll talk to each other and the girls will be sitting there. And we'll say, maybe we want to encourage them, so we'll say, didn't, Amanda, didn't the girls do a great job in school today? And, and you know, they kind of perk up. And like, Certainly we did do a good job. But then there's other times where we want them to overhear a different conversation where we say, hey, Amanda, we're so good to these girls, aren't we? We give them everything, but they can't even help us pick up the floor. And then you can kind of see, like, much of the Bible's like that. And as we overhear this conversation between this joyful God and this despairing preacher, there's a couple truths that that we have to acknowledge. One is the fact that we are like grass. And I want to ask you this question. If that is true, and it is true, how long can you go without the Word of God before you spiritually die? Or we can reframe the question like this. How long can grass grow without water before it dies? Can you go a week? Can you go two weeks? Can you go three weeks? Can you go even a month? I thought about that as as I was overhearing this question between this joyful God and this despairing preacher. I was like, I don't even think I can go a day before I start to die inside. But there's another truth in here. There's another truth that that the Lord says to Isaiah, the word of the Lord endures forever. So where are we going to get life from? The word. I thought about it like this. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? The Lord had planted this tree in the middle of the garden, and it was called the tree of life. And they could take from that tree any time they wanted and eat, and God would give abundant life. Shouldn't we also take and eat from the tree of life often? 
We are grass, and grass needs water, and therefore we need the Word that endures forever because the Word gives to us eternal life. Isn't that true? I want you to overhear just one more thing that, that this joyful God, the Lord, says to Isaiah. And, and see, the Lord is, is just jubilant here. He, he is undaunted by the despairing preacher. And so he says to Isaiah, this is how he closes it out, You who bring good news to Zion... Go up on a mountain, on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Now, this is the whole thing. This is the whole Advent message. You see, Isaiah had been told, comfort the people, but now the Lord gets more specific. And I wonder, I, I, I wonder if Isaiah knew just what that meant. I, I wonder if he could see it, you know. The angels in the sky above Bethlehem saying, glory to God in the highest. Here's your God. He's come down for you. I wonder if Isaiah saw it, you know, Mary's there and, and Joseph's there and there in a manger, the one who could hold in his palm all the seas of the earth now, a baby. Here is your God. Or I wonder if Isaiah could see the centurion standing at the foot of the cross, marveling. Surely this is the Son of God. Here is your God. Or Thomas. Doubting Thomas. I, I wonder if Isaiah could see him standing before the risen Lord, touching his hands and his feet, and Jesus telling him, Here is your God. See, the Lord is undaunted. He's undaunted by, by the sinfulness, that the fact that we are like grass. He's undaunted by the despairing preacher. He just says, Isaiah, find the highest mountain. Any mountain will do. And tell the people the good news. God is coming. Here He is. Born for you. And that's what Advent is all about. Advent for the despairing preacher means that the despairing preacher dare not give up because if the preacher stops preaching, how can the grass live? But for the grass, Advent means that that grass that so easily turns brown can live forever. Because we have a word about Jesus. He's coming. He's coming soon. Amen.